Right now, one of the hardest things that we are going through is being accepting to the idea of change, being accepting to growth, having the ability to adapt or to be open to change puts you in a better position to better successfully run your company, your family, and your own personal life. This is especially important during these times of COVID, the pandemic, the times of uncertainty when you may need to pivot resources or maybe your business or maybe your family to accommodate and personal change that you're going through in today's world. Stay open-minded with new opportunities and new ways of doing life, and you and your company will grow over time. Now let's get this party started. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Good morning. You are back and back in action. Back in the saddle. After taking Friday and Monday off. Yeah, well, working for a living. You know how it is. Had some family in town, huh? Had some Aramco brats down at the lake. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we're looking at doing a little mini reunion, too. That's how you guys, you guys are so exclusive. I don't even get an invite. <laughs> Just pictures about Saudi sheiks and all kinds of different things. <laughs> anyway, but uh, good time down at the lake? Yeah, great time at the lake. Beautiful weather, man. I had three people on, what, what was the uh, bad night? Mm. Was it Saturday night or Sunday night? Uh, it was when it was really cold, where it dropped down. Oh yeah, quickly. that was that was Saturday, I think. Saturday, yeah. I, yeah. like all of a sudden it dropped down yeah. like forty degrees. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like eighty-one degrees yep. on the phone, <laughs> but it was forty degrees outside with the wind. It was amazing. Like yeah. Otis, Otis, my son, he yeah. he's like we're we, we were gonna go on a bike ride, and mm. he goes, yeah, it's eighty-three. We step outside, <laughs> it was like it was just freezing. Yeah. It was like sub-zero, right? <laughs> And all of a sudden, we're like, okay. And he couldn't figure that out because his phone lied to him. Oh, so so who do you believe? I, wa- I watched his innocence go right. away right before my eyes. <laughs> his digital innocence Oh, man, is the scales gone. have dropped from the eyes. Yeah. I mean, he actually, blind, though, the look, but now the look he on can his see. face, he kept showing it to me. He's right. Like, but, but, but the phone says. 83. Right. He goes, it's not 83 outside. Yeah. It's just the, the juxtaposition, the mental ping pong was awesome. But well, trying to reconcile reality there. Anyway, I had a Grand Central Station that night because uh, we had three people stop by on the way home because, uh, you know, I live so close to the interstate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I, about a quarter mile or so? If I don't that, know. yeah. A lot of people, they um, stop by because I'm right on the edge of town. Yeah, you've got a nice bathroom. Yeah, well used. Yeah, I got two it's nice of them. and clean. Yeah, I, I always n- notice when uh, somebody comes in from a forty-five minute drive and they use my downstairs bathroom. Yeah, because it they need now. And they're just disappeared for forty-five <laughs> minutes. I forget they're here. Gee, I wonder what they're doing down there. <laughs> Gee, got the shower going the whole time. What are you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> right, exactly. That that would actually be. Better, <laughs> right? That I would have cleaner, smells nicer, right? Yeah. Well, you know, living up here, man, you need to plan for sunscreen, mittens, and an umbrella every day. Oh, yeah. Because you never know. So we're going to be heading down to Oklahoma City yeah. next week. Tornado time. Better watch and out. And 
Is it really? It's starting to be, yeah. I haven't heard anything specific down there, but there's already been some decent storms. So we're going to head there and do uh, some meetings as well as a cross-promotional podcast. All right. Live and local cross-promotional podcast. Sounds complicated. Talking energy guys, Fossil Fuel Friday, Ken Lavin with Winter Mud, and Matt Hill with Night Energy, and we're going to be doing kind of a, uh, sounds like coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Winter Mud and Night Energy sound like two cool 80s bands I never heard of before, you know? Or Winter Mud. Ken Lavin, he's involved with about 50 different channels. Okay. Okay. He's, he's, He's got his energy work he's doing, and then his... Him and he's an active father, and so he's uh, active with his kids' outdoor adventure YouTube channel. And oh, that's right, they go on the trips and yeah, right, yep. And so he's going to go on a, a trip down to Texas, I think San Antonio, Texas, for a car show. Nice. They're racing cars. Okay. And they were invited down through the the outdoor adventure. Does he do channel. like classic cars or something? I don't. You know, I, I sounds like kind of race cars. Okay. And which is right up the crude life's alley. Yeah, absolutely. Vroom, vroom. So I said, if, hey, man, get some footage. Yeah. Send it to Send us. it up. Be a special correspondent. I'll tell you something you would love in Reno that they do annually is Hot August Nights, which is basically classic cars and hot rods trolling uh, Virginia, the main drag up and down for about a week. I think my mom got those in her 50s. <laughs> The hot flashes. <laughs> it's got those hot August nights. I That's got the beautiful. hot August nights. That is brilliant, Woo! man. <laughs> I'm sure any postmenopausal woman totally appreciates that joke. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's our audience. From a guy, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, that is our audience. All right, at least we got to start somewhere. That's right, right, man. That's right. That's right. So they will be heading down to Texas and doing the Permian show. We'll be doing the Shale Energy Resources, where we've got Jim Wright from the Texas Railroad Commission, as well as the Midland Mayor, Patrick Payton. Payton. Nice. Ron Gusick with uh, Liberty Oil. He's going to talk about their electric frack. Woo! I know. I can't wait. Sounds like a name like that, man. Sounds like a song from Mouse Rack. Yeah, I was thinking electric frack, or it's like a power drink, you know? It does sound like a drink, doesn't it? Yeah. It'll keep you up forever. In fact... Maybe we should do that. You see, down in Texas, mm-hmm. they're so cool down in Texas. They want a drink named after Frackleberry Hound. <laughs> like they, like we've had multiple discussions yeah. on this program where people have said we've got to name Frackleberry Hound as a drink, right? Yeah. Well, you know me; I always go band name or business sure, idea. Sure, yeah. Every, everything it, yeah, cool is could, either a band name or a business yeah, idea. It fills in those two columns nicely. And Frackleberry Hound fits in drink column, too. See, I'm thinking, when I hear Frackleberry Hound as a drink, for some reason I'm thinking of like a uh, a flavored uh, martini or something. We had some of that. Okay. I was thinking of maybe some kind of cool old-fashioned. Ooh. Because in old-fashioned, you got to smash that orange. Right. So you kind of frack that orange around. Oh, there you bit. go. Yeah. Frackleberry. There you go. And if you wanted to get, you know, hipster doofus. Uh-huh. Little bourgeois. Do you, do you remember liquid cocaine? Or no, liquid brains is what it was. No. So Both sound it fun. was it it was in the mid late nineties where okay. they would uh put a little bit of like grenadine on there and so it would kind of vein down. Oh, and that's you why know, you got the brain. Where you got the liquid brain, right? Okay. And so that you could do with that frack. 
You could go down that route, you know, yeah. maybe do some sort of drink with the mudslide where you got the frack lines yeah. with the, with the uh, um, ice cream drink. It does lend itself to like a, a liqueur or a dark drink or a Guinness stout or something, you know. We did have some people that brought in the whole hunting dog with the hound. There you go. So wild turkey. Wild turkey, yeah. Jim Beam, Jack mm-hmm. Daniels, just some of those natural southern... Now I want a little uh, pick-me-up on my coffee. Electric frack, though, for some reason, I just go to blue lemonade. I just oh, totally. go right to blue lemonade. Yeah, it's something that's like totally unnatural colored. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. an electric frack. Yeah. And it's just going to mess you yeah. up. It sounds like brain freeze. I mean, you can just feel it. That's where the blue comes yep, from, there it right? Is, electric man. frack, man. <laughs> and so... So that's all I could think of was like, you know, some sort of a berry blue lemonade yeah. and vodka. Nice. Just straight to the point, man. <laughs> Get her done. And after a well, while, just vodka. Well, maybe when we interview the CEO, Ron Gusick, mm-hmm. from Liberty Oilfield Services, maybe we should introduce the electric frack. I th- you know, I think some of these companies, the names and their processes would be great for drinks. That could be a contest. One thing I was actually considering, I am actually serious about this. Uh-oh. So, uh, you know how we've got Roughneck Coffee? Yeah. Well, then locally here, we've got Thunder Coffee. Thunder. So, Roughneck Coffee, named after oil and gas. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? Right out of Williston. But he actually, he's he's not like a guy that worked on the rig. Okay. Okay, he's a marketing, he's a uh, uh, software guy, so he's, he's, he's... White collar oil okay. and gas, right? Yeah. On that side of it. Great guy, Jeff Zarling. Mm-hmm. Okay, outstanding. Dawa company. He was out of Williston. Um, anyway, we fantastic fella. Now, Thunder Coffee here out of Fargo, mm-hmm. okay, they actually come from oil and gas. Right. Okay, she grew up in Williston. Her family's got minerals. Um, he worked for an oil company out in the wells. Don't they so, have to kind of keep it on the down low? And they got to keep it on the down right? low. Yeah. So what I thought about doing is picking up some Roughneck coffee, mm-hmm. picking up some Thunder coffee. See if they fight. And, and then there's a, a Texas called Crude Coffee, mm-hmm. which is great. I, I got to do something there. Yeah, I mean, you, that's and there's money also, on the table, man. There's also like a shotgun or black gun coffee, just sure. some kind of... Yeah, black powder. It, uh, that's what it is, there, black is powder. It black powder? Yeah, yeah I've heard like, of that one. It's like an NRA-friendly. Yeah, I've like heard of that every, one. Every bag you buy goes to the NRA. Yeah. They're just really upfront <laughs> about it. I love that. Every bag comes with coffee and some shrapnel at the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and whether you disagree or agree with it, I love how someone is that transparent with their beliefs, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So anyway, I thought about doing kind of the Pepsi challenge with coffee. Okay. Like doing the a... The blind uh, challenge type no, of... No, just doing like, okay, come back here mm-hmm. and we'll be serving coffee all day. So I, I have to buy a Keurig when I'm down there. Yeah. And buy one of those uh, serve yourself Keurigs. So exactly. I'm going to have to invest like 300 bucks in uh, wow. Keurigs and some, <laughs> some materials here. How come your free stuff is always so expensive? <laughs> All these things you do for free. They um, cost a lot a, of money, that's man. That's a t-shirt, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is a t-shirt. How come all my free stuff is so, so damn expensive? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> How come all my volunteer work costs so yeah, much? Yeah, it costs so much, man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but then what we thought about, I thought about doing is serving like, um, you know, where they vote. Yeah. Which one do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Do you like the Roughneck? Do you like the Thunder? Do you like the Crude Coffee? The mm-hmm. Black Gun? The NRA Coffee? What do you like? You know, the frack coffee. 
and just kind of do the Pepsi challenge. Yeah. You know, kind of do a social media thing, keep score throughout the day. Can I try them too? Because I, I love all of them, I'm sure, man. Well, that's as long as it's coffee, I like it. I think I might do that. I think that'd be fun. I think I'm going to do that. because Well, we're traveling light, man. Yeah. We're, oh, yeah. We, in fact, uh, we're, we're going to probably get most of our stuff down there in Texas. <laughs> this is one of those trips where you're just going to take shirts, no pants, and only half a Frackleberry? Oh, it took or what? six hours to take, take a three-hour drive because uh, of the Frackleberry Hound. Yeah. Normally, she has the entire back of the SUV. Mm, she's okay. not going to be able to do that. Just a little bit of the back for like the luggage, you yeah. know, and I stack it up all the way to the top. And Are you so, taking the industrial, portable industrial no, forest studio with heavens, you? No, heavens, okay. no. Nope, nope. Like I said, we're going to buy that down there. All we're right. we're going to... We're going to take, if we got to take out the charge card, we're going to take out the charge card. I'm going for luxury. There you go. Over, I'm done with the shoestring, man. Right. Done yeah. with the shoestring. Charge your way to freedom, buddy. It's the American way. All right. So, <laughs> you, my grandfather used to tell me you can't owe money until you spend money. Got to make money <laughs> to spend money. That's how it originally started. You got to make money to spend money. That's right. And then somebody said, no, you got to spend money to make money. And that was the guy that said, and I know how you spend the money. Give me 99 bucks and I'll teach you how. And I'll tell you how to make 50. (laughs) If you give me $100, I'll tell you how to make 50. It's the best friends club, man. So they give you 100. Yeah. You turn around and give them 50 and say, we're good. We're good. And walk away. It's. (laughs) Wait a minute. So we still have, by the way, we've been running interviews nonstop. Yeah. Like the last two days when you were, you know, partying with your Saudi yeah, Arabia yeah. Partying. friends. Partying, yeah. Uh, we, it, we just ran the Sean Forbes interviews. And I, by the way, she did like four interviews without me. When, <laughs> when, when I went, I don't even think I was in yesterday's show. Well, didn't she cut your, your <laughs> mic at one point or something, you know? <laughs> no, no, that's someone else. Yeah. Uh, so I, it was actually, I listened to the, the yesterday's show. I don't even think I was in yesterday's show. So Sean Forbes show, huh? Well, Jetica too. Well, there you go. She just slid it, slid in there too. All of a sudden, <laughs> and they're the ones, you know, generating interesting content. So we're, we're coming up with new band names. Here. Yeah. So when do you roll out <coughs> down to Oklahoma? Excuse me. So we're gonna be heading down Oklahoma way. I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna pull this up here, and then the we're gonna be doing the ninth. That oh, the CEO of Nukota as well. We're going to be talking about the Gorilla Jack. So we're going to do a follow-up interview on the Gorilla Jack. Another great name. And how it works in the Permian, because they're they they only have three of these Gorilla Jacks. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how custom they are. Okay. Like you got to be ultra serious before they even right before we show up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so. Um, Hey, anyway, I was talking to the, their uh, CEO and the other guy, and, and they were talking about a little bit down in the Permian and why it works so well, and they're going to head down to the conference. I said, well, come on in, and we'll talk about it. Because the, the thing that's so interesting about the Permian or Texas and the Bakken in North Dakota is the difference between the wet and the dry gas. Hmm. Is You've seen the sweet crude, how it comes out almost refined. Yeah, in Saudi to- Arabia, that was... Yeah, that was it. I mean, it's liquid, yeah. and you can like put it into a, an actual diesel apparatus, and it'll work. Right. It's very easy to refine. Right? Yeah, and it, it'll smoke like a son of a gun, but it, mm-hmm. it'll work, right? Well, also, in, in addition to being really cool with the whole sweet crude process, 
The Bakken's got wet gas. So they got pentium, pentane, and butane, and methane, and all these different anes, right? It's like dry ice. I, I don't quite get I think, it. I think there's seven of them. They can have up to seven different gases in these wet gases. Okay. And each one is its whole supply chain. Each one is its own feedstock supply chain of millions of dollars. That's why this flaring's an issue. Yeah. Because every time it flares, that's at the end of the day, that's like millions of dollars. Which is money spl- lost, yeah, right, man? Yeah, supply chain, yeah. you know? So th- that's where, the if there's any pressure put on anybody from the entrepreneur side, that's where it is. Like, oh, money left on the table. That's all. Oh, food thrown away. Yeah. Shoes yeah. for my kids. You know, and well, so, and we've seen some big companies like Occidental starting to look at that as as a major component of their whole business going forward. Is that capturing? Well, and that's the difference is how to explain to the world how clean natural gas is and how it's actually probably cleaner than wind. Hmm. I mean, really, natural gas? What are you down to four? Hydrocarbons, two in some cases, four to six, okay. maybe nine. Either way. It's not coal or crude oil, which yeah. has got all kinds of dirty carbon, you know, all these hydrocarbons and things. When you look at like a helix, you know, where they got the, the circles connected with the... You oh, know, wow. The, We're doing chemistry now? Yeah. Okay. okay. That's right. Okay. The, gotcha. The, when you look at that helix uh, lollipop chart... Okay. It's a bunch of lollipops <laughs> yeah, it together. Yeah, I always thought okay? of... Yeah, okay. And each colored lollipop is a different hydrocarbon, right? All right. Or a different molecule. Or of a different the hydrocarbon. Atom, right? Okay. So you've got carbon and hydrogen and oxygen and like oxygen what is it o2 right mm-hmm. co2 no o2 mm-hmm. <laughs> H2, h2o it's kind of important that's water Whew. h2o well when you go down and you start with you know wooden hay mm-hmm. and then you go to uh, coal and then you go to crude oil and then you go to natural gas by the time you get down to natural gas you're down to like four Maybe six, maybe two, depending on what kind of gas it is. Yeah. That's clean. That is like as clean as it's going to get for what the return is. What the return is oh, on totally. it, yeah, efficiency-wise. Totally. You know, and it's what we do with it. That's It's not the stuff itself that causes any kind of issue. It's what we do with it. It's what we do, it's with, what it. We do with it. Right, and so that's where I think Occidental is going to make some big strides where yeah. they're going to reinvent that market because, mm-hmm. you know, getting back to the natural gas thing, you know, it's really cheaper in the United States, like three bucks. Well, you get over to Europe, it's 15, 16 bucks. Yeah. So they don't want natural gas. Well, it's geopolitical there because you've got uh, Russia providing the vast majority of it, right? Because they want to go to China. Mm -hmm. Well, China, they're getting it for about nine bucks. Yeah. And that's where everybody kind of wants to go. Mm -hmm. So they want to figure out a way to get the U.S. up to about six to nine bucks for natural gas without bankrupting everybody. Because keep in mind, they just paid everybody to put natural gas furnaces in right. the last 15 years. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all Ener- high-efficiency natural energy gas. Energy smart. Yeah. Here's 1500 bucks yeah. uh, tax credit if you, if you put in a $3,000 In Minnesota, furnace. you have to put in a high-efficiency if you're replacing an older unit. And now. in some states, they mandate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So New and construction. Now, and now what are they going to do? Turn around and say you can't use it? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? To where if they allowed... The natural gas that just take its natural fruition mm-hmm. in terms of taking care of the planet, a lot of this wouldn't even be a problem. Well, and these natural gas furnaces are about as efficient by definition. They're somewhere between 90 and 97%, right? So right. Uh, electricity is always going to be more efficient than that, but natural gas is about as close as you can get. 
This is cool, though. So you're going to talk to this guy from the Gorilla Jack, the New Coda Gorilla Jack. Yeah, what does it say Gorilla Jack is? So it's designed to prepare artificial lift wells for suspension, including frack production efforts and general maintenance operations. Sounds like what it's mainly designed to do is unseat bottom hole pump systems and allow easier access to sucker rods. Ah, that's pretty cool. Well, all I remember is that they only have like three. Yeah. But that interview is available at thecrudelife.com if you'd like to check that out, folks. Certainly check that out. Some of the most interesting engineering Mark feats. Mark Ziegler. Hmm? Oh, I was just, I'm just looking at the pictures of these things and just thinking about, you know, some of the most interesting engineering you see comes out of the oil and gas industries from oil what am rigs. I? Oh, you got to... What am I silly here when I can just look at the front page look of the Bismarck him. Tribune? Got a paper and everything. Dateline, Wednesday, May 12th. Bismarck Tribune, front page. Photojournalist, Tom Strom. Tribune. Mm-hmm. Photo credit. <laughs> Mark Ziegler. Center gestures while explaining the features of a product known as the Gorilla Jack. The Gorilla Jack. That's right, baby. Front page Boop. center. Hey, yeah, that's what it looks like. Nice. Okay. Gorilla Jack, that Minot-based New Coda Services has on display outside the Bismarck Event Center during this week's Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. It's American-made, it's American-designed, and it's American-manufactured, said Ziegler, who, by the way, lives in Canada. <laughs> True story, <laughs> or he did. He lives in Texas. He makes everything, years. In, yeah. but he's from Alberta, Canada. We're not going to hold that against him. Who is the manager of Nukota's Rod Jack Division and <laughs> Regulatory Services? The Gorilla Jack can perform some of the same maintenance tasks as a workover rig, but with greater efficiency and can withstand windier conditions. He said, <laughs> and he was. I remember he was just a ball of energy and a gregarious personality. You probably have to be. Yeah, he was quite the character, that's for sure. So we're going to have the CEO on down in uh, the Shale Energy as well. And we got some more surprises coming, uh, announcing up this later this week as well out of the Shale Energy Conference. Ooh, teases and treats. But then, you know, we've already started booking for the Bach and Barbecue. We're going to be doing a live and local, you know, there. And... um, Mayor Steve Bakken's going to be there for a while, holding out, uh, was it babies or potatoes? I forget. It's going to be um, shaking babies. Shaking and babies and kissing, kissing potatoes. Kissing potatoes, yep, right? There you go. Yeah. Well, we've now got confirmed mm-hmm. U.S. Congressman Kelly Armstrong. Really? Yes. So U.S. Congressman Kelly Armstrong is going to be part of the Bakken barbecue. He'll be a judge. Nice. And, well, we might just even... Get him to disclose a family barbecue secret live here on the Crude Life. Yeah, like the uh, maybe the old family rub recipe or something. Superintendent of Public Instruction Kirsten Baszler is going to be there as well. Mm -hmm. So the Super Nintendo of the state. Just thinking that. (laughs) Super Nintendo Baszler. Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I'm going to call her Super Nintendo. Right, up yeah. Well, it's a barbecue, oh, man, absolutely. right? I mean, it's, going... it's blue jeans and hanging out. And... I'm going to be up on stage. I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Super Nintendo, <laughs> Kirsten Baszler. Now, the only trouble with that is anybody that's 20 years younger than us is going to be, what's a Super Nintendo? Oh, 
I know. Are you for real? Probably. At least Nintendo's still around, right? So, yeah. You'll That's be able to... Dude, you'll stick that landing. I was hoping the word Nintendo... You might want to do a little research. Talk to your teenage son. Oh, boy. Is Bob Pokemon available? Yeah. <laughs> Kids are still into Liberace, right? <laughs> Jimmy anime? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I, don't, I can't think of anything else. Sorry. That's the best I got. Who else do we got? Oh, Patrick Bertinoli with the Rough Riders Center. Of course, we got Sean Forbes coming up. There's Mick gonna, Hager. There's going to be the Make-A-Wish Foundation, too, right? And you know what I found? Hmm. found a half a dozen photos of Frackleberry Hound going toe-to-toe with Yara. Really? The canine pipe inspector. The canine inspection. pipe inspector. So yeah. I started posting on social media, Where hmm. the, will there be a round two? A rematch? And there's one of, you can just see the teeth. Uh-huh. And, oh, it's just some great photos. So, well, she um, looks ready for it. She's currently snoring next to me. Well, we found a very nice swimming hole. Oh. Mm-hmm. That she really likes Man, to swim she in. Is like, it, it's funny as heck, too, because she'd never, what, been swimming before, and all of a sudden she's like a fish now. She's a champ. Now, yeah. In fact, uh, we brought her out on Sunday, and it was so windy that white caps <laughs> that were taller than her, and she was... The champ that yeah. these Chesapeake retrievers are, man. They are, she was just a champ. Get her a little surfboard. Just unreal. But Well, all right. We got to take a quick pause. When we come back. We got some news, rumors, and news speak. We've got more dates that we're adding to the live and local calendar, folks. We do appreciate you your support, sticking with us, making us top 100 podcasts. And oh, we, got, we got picked up by a new podcast outlet now. Really? Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict. Never I've heard never of heard of them, but nope. thank you very I like much. like the name. We thank you much. Because everybody is welcome here on the Crude Life Podcast, as well as the Bakken Barbecue, folks. We'll see you in about 30 seconds, maybe 60. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Listen to Seal. I don't need nobody to tell me. I'll get my faith for real. Cause I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna be me. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, Check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to GAM.AI. That's Great American Mining, GAM.AI. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker 
to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. To the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Happy day. And yeah, I was getting into it all weekend, all yesterday. Been poking bears without even knowing it. Yeah, Hulu. <laughs> Everybody so, from the government to Hulu. <laughs> I canceled Hulu first of the year. Okay. Okay. Well, right around there. That seems like six years ago. And so I did it. Boom. I was going through number of different things consolidating into one place mm-hmm. you know had multiple m- m- multiple $20 charges here and there and different credit cards and accounts right. and debits yep. and things those and so, microtransactions man yeah i was just i was trying to simplify man mm-hmm. strip so, it down hulu um i do remember canceling mm-hmm. well then the email stopped coming too so i didn't think twice right they just went silent well, I haven't looked at my bank account really that close in the last several months, you know, just been going 50 different miles and Yeah. I'm under one of those guys, I'm one of those guys if I'm making more money than I'm spending, I really don't need to look at my bank account. <laughs> I, I I don't. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And that's why I, I was before. Well, nowadays that's totally changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I've gotten ID theft twice. Where if you don't look at your bank account, that's eight grand. Yep. Now you got to take four months and fill out paperwork and signatures and things like that. And just with credit in general, you can get out ahead of yourself real quick. So Hulu, I noticed this charge is on there. fourteen ninety nine, right? A month? Yeah. What are we, four months in? Yeah. Five months well, in, almost, four months? Yeah. So 60 bucks, 50 bucks, not a big deal. But still. Right. So I, I cancel, and then that's when I notice the screen that says, okay, well, you've been put on pause. We want you to think about what you've right. done, Jason. So then I had to go down to the bottom and select something that, no, I do want to cancel. Right. And I must not have did that before. Okay? <laughs> and and I'm, I'm sure I didn't, right? So here I'm chatting with this Hulu rep, you know, this and that. You're doing the online chat? Right. How can I help you? And I go, I want to make sure that I'm canceled this time. Mm -hmm. I go, I thought I canceled back in whatever. This is cancel culture you can agree with. Because I got Peacock now, right? Right. And and hey, man, I I only got so much time in my day. That's right. And I don't want to be, I want to control my time and this is the way that I do it. (laughs) I don't expose my my life to Hulu. (laughs) There's good stuff on there, man. Right, yeah. The Mindy Project. I'll sit and binge that all day, man. Hulu is the one I've never had access to. 
Letter Kenny. I'll watch that until, oh, are you kidding me? Right. They have some of the Star Wars stuff weird, Don't too. Don't care. Yeah. Don't care about that. Like the comedies. Okay. Now, getting back to my little rant here. Yeah, so on your soapbox. Well, because we got news coming up next, and I've been excited because we haven't done news all week. <laughs> Woo-woo! Been at the Williston Basin Conference, and everybody was talking about uh, uh, old home week and hugging, and then, of course, carbon tax. Right. And the carbon neutral ESG stuff. So anyway... All right, so I basically follow up with Hulu just to make sure it's canceled mm-hmm. now because I've gone through extra steps. I, I don't want to have to go back and check and then... This is a difficult breakup, right? Because you don't want to go back if you left something behind. You know, it, you just want to be done. I actually, it got to the point where I said, this is more difficult than the gym. <laughs> I actually did t- text that to this chat person, right? They probably have the same customer service Oh, and this person, and I, a female name. I can't remember what her name was. Okay. But she kept saying, when I pause the account. So after the eighth time, I just kind of like snapped. <laughs> like I said, okay, stop. I go, first of all, I clicked cancel. You chose to pause my account. Right. I get that I didn't continue. Mm -hmm. I said, but now we're going to get to the point where I'm going to have to ask for some 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 further clarifications on. Well, and why are we being charged? What's the difference between being paused and being canceled? Why are you still getting charged? They they can they pause it for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, Mm -hmm. something like because you can pause it and then they'll just start your account back up again. And that's what they were doing me a favor. See that that's where she was coming from. But they're still charging you for it. Exactly. Okay. And and even though I selected cancel, cancel. Mm-hmm. the next screen which apparently I didn't know before, yeah, was them switcherooing and saying, "Okay, now that you've paused." Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is is this where we're at now? Oh, absolutely. Where, to where doesn't surprise I, I know, me at all. I know man. this has been going on in business, yeah. in meetings. Yeah, I think they teach us in college. But is now. this how websites is like that now? Oh, yeah. To where you actually can change the meaning of a definition by the click of a button? How many times do we click a I agree to the above without reading in it? That's different. Yeah, but that's, that's the different. type of stuff that traps us in these things. I'm talking about when I clicked it that said, "Do it actually said, do you want to cancel? And I said, yes. <laughs> are you sure? There was no are you sure. <laughs> it was just all of a sudden. Was there a baby cry now, sound afterwards? Now you're just paused. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> I, 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 so where do you stand? Are you canceled or not? I made them send me an email that, that confirmed that canceled and uh she was gonna uh, cancel it immediately, and uh, so I, but so I wouldn't be charged another month. Otherwise, I was gonna get charged another month. So I guess I did save fifteen bucks. Wow, I know exactly. Yeah, right, you, right? but you wonder how much of their profits come from things like that. Oh, Just, the, the whole movie Rainmaker was based on that with Matt Damon and uh, Danny DeVito. Never saw it. Okay, so it was it was part of the Pelican Brief firm. I remember that whole thing. the Grissom, so you, Grissom novels. Yeah. yeah, John Grissom. And yeah. The whole point was is insurance companies deny a hundred percent of the claims mm-hmm. because they know then they only got to pay out ten to fifteen percent of them eventually at the end of the day. Sure. And so 
that that's exactly the model mm-hmm. that's now quid pro quo. Well, and they've done the analytics. They've they've run the math. They've seen that only a certain percentage of people will actually follow through, right? Right, and people like me are busy. Right. And and I and I kept saying I kept typing during a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to t- just twist the knife a little bit. To, well, yeah, because the person on the other end—they're not in a pandemic. To this right? poor person in India posing right. as a different name, as an American name, trying to appease us. Yeah, you know. Anyway, because well, we like our salad in burger form. Yes, you know, and we like we our, like everything simple, and we like our you know oil rigs behind a school, <laughs> right? Disguised behind a school yeah. now, in so a pretty the, pretty building with flowers. Well, there was a book that was famous. I think in the 70s or 80s that said something like, you know, why does cars have hubcaps? Mm-hmm. And it just boiled down to decoration, you know. At the just end decoration. Got to cover up the lug nuts. Right. You know, dirty, ugly, covered up. So yeah, we thought it was supposed to help them stay in there. It's just decoration. I'm pretty sure. Man, you are blowing my mind. (laughs) All right, let's get to the news. All right, so we got a little bit of news coming out of the Dakotas. Eh? Eh. So Judge allows Dakota Access Pipeline to continue operating during environmental review. This is from ABC Oh, no, you don't say. I do. A federal judge on Friday allowed the controversial Dakota Access Pipeline to continue operating, concluding he did not have the authority to side with a tribal request to shut down while the Biden administration works on an environmental review. Judge James Bosberg placed the blame squarely on the Army Corps of Engineers for the surprising state of affairs that has allowed to, quote, continue the flow of oil through a pipeline that lacks the necessary federal authorization to cross a key waterway of agricultural, industrial, and religious importance to several Indian tribes. You betcha. But what it comes down to is the judge says that uh, judges may travel only as far as the law takes them and no further, he wrote. Did that North Dakota shtick go too far, too much? No. All right. It sounds good. He said the pipeline has conspicuously declined to adopt a conclusive position regarding the pipeline's continued operation. Who says this? This is the judge. Okay. So basically what he's saying is that the Biden administration doesn't really seem all that eager to figure out what they want to do with mm. it, um, which says a lot in itself. But it's interesting here because the whole reason it's being allowed to continue operating is because the judge basically is throwing up their hands and say, you guys need to figure this out. You're the ones wanting the environmental review. Yeah, this is exactly what Kevin Kramer said. Yeah. They would... They would rule one way and then the judge would have to reverse it mm-hmm. well and that's what we seem to be into that yeah. process now of you know like uh, up north with governor whitmer on that pipeline that one that, i i th- it's it's just all about tossing it to the court so it makes a headline my award-winning journalistic mind mm-hmm. is a spidey sense you're tingling continuing to go off on bing, 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 bing. line five whitmer judge international Native American pro. I mean, this, Whereas this, Canada's sitting up there going, uh, we're going to keep sending that oil, eh? So uh, you do what you want, but right. it's coming down the pipe. The, the fact that it keeps getting reported makes, I don't like it. That's So this though, um, here's what we've got from Senator Hoban. He sent the uh, crude life. Of course, yeah. we reached out to him. Yeah. This ruling is welcome news. For North Dakota, the three affiliated tribes, and our country's economic and national security. 
The Dakota Access Pipeline was built with the latest technology and safeguards and is safely operated for the last four years. We need infrastructure like this to support a growing economy and for our country to remain energy independent. That's why we've repeatedly made the case to President Biden, the administration, and the Corps to keep the pipeline flowing while the court-ordered environmental review moves forward, and today's ruling does just that. Also, we've got from Congressman Armstrong. Of course, he's going to be at the Bakken yeah, Barbecue. At the barbecue. As a judge. Also going to have him on the program with a potential barbecue tip. But right now, and by the way, we'll be smoking our potatoes with a piece of the Dakota Access Pipeline as well. Hopefully not one of the critical ones. But, you know, I can just figure out a way to get a plug in anywhere, can I? Yeah. Well, when it comes to pipelines. (laughs) All right. Here's what Congressman Armstrong had to say. Allowing the Dakota Access Pipeline to continue operating while a new environmental review is conducted is the right decision. DAPL has been safely transporting oil from North Dakota for nearly four years and should be allowed to continue. Pipelines are the safest way to transport oil and gas, and DAPL provides thousands of jobs and millions in tax revenue that our state and the Mandan, Haditsa, and Harikara Nation rely on to provide services. That's the MHA Nation. And also, I do want to mention this. Um, We've got word out to Texas as well because they end up getting it. Cushing, Oklahoma. That's where it ends up going. Okay. So we usually reach out to Texas and Oklahoma just to cover our bases and that sort of thing. And um, a lot of times you're like, whoa, what, what, what do you want now? That's up there in the Bakken. Right. That's not We just, you know, make sure. Right. Well, it's always good to check in. And right now, let's go ahead and listen to, by the way, and we've got audio. Do we? From Senator Kramer. Woo! Well, in the uh, effort to keep the Dakota Access Pipeline up and running, uh, reason prevails over political pressure in the courts, and that, that's a good thing. Uh, the the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline has passed every environmental review that's put before it by, by multiple administrations and overseen by career professionals who know the pipeline has been operating safely for four years and believe that a shutdown is unnecessary. Now, this modern piece of infrastructure can keep moving really hundreds of thousands of barrels of domestic oil per day instead of having it be moved by more dangerous, expensive, and, and frankly, higher emission methods like truck or rail. So Judge Boasberg's ruling is a win for for states' rights. It's a win for energy independence and a win for the uh, the American people's pocketbooks. All right. So that's, by the way, what we've got to say on the DAPL in terms of news. You know, I don't really have much comment because, uh, you know, Senator Kramer, who you just heard from, who basically all three say nearly the same thing, you know, it's, it's, it's the right decision and everything along those lines because they're all pro, pro energy and pro jobs and pro extraction and all everything like that. So, um, is that, this is exactly what Senator Kramer called. Mm-hmm. This is shale play profit. He can, he, he can be having that title as well. Yep. He called this one and he called the three companies controlling the global yeah, oil supply consolidation. if we yeah. keep going the same path that we're going. 
definitely kind of feels that way so, five months in, right? We better get to the next news yeah. story. Speaking of the same path, what's the path that we're heading down? Of course, I see the next one's about EV vehicles or yeah. something. Yeah, right? I was going to talk a little bit more on the uh, ongoing segment, how the Tesla burns or turns. Take your pick. So this is, this is coming from Norway, right? This is interesting. So Norway? Norway. What's a, Norway doing? Well, a court in Norway. Beautiful um, women in, in Norway. They were, oh. Tesla was found guilty Beautiful. of throttling charging speed and battery capacity through a software update. Unless it appeals, Tesla is going to have to pay $16,000 US to each of the thousands of owners affected in the country. The fine could even be more significant as other similar legal efforts are springing up in other countries. Wait a minute, wait a minute, back up. Is this is this a defective deal or no, no, a no, hornswoggle no. deal? No, no, this is a hornswoggle. Listen okay. to this. Back in 2019... That's more Irish, but go on. It'll, it'll work for Norway. <laughs> Electrek, which is a, I'm guessing, car and technology uh, journalism site, reported on several reports from Tesla owners about seeing significant drops in range from 12 to 30 miles following a software upgrade. So it seems that uh, most models that were anything past 2016 have been affected. And it was from an update. I feel like the government's going to put us into a pyramid scheme soon. Are are we? We're going to end up like being mandated to join some pyramid scheme where we all put a windmill and a Tesla in our backyard. Check this out. A a Tesla owner, David Rasmussen, was among the ones affected. And he got one of the most severe drops that's been seen. He said, my 2014 model... S85, it's just an older one, was getting okay. rated range of 247 <laughs> miles until May 13th. How are you so wise in the ways of models of EVs? <laughs> well, because it said 2014. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 didn't, I didn't catch that part. I have no idea what the numbers mean. <laughs> I thought you knew by the model. I'm like going, Because I can do cow. simple math, man. So after this update, he said, it continued to drop to 217 miles. That's an 11% drop in five weeks. And he's been plotting the battery capacity degradation on his model over the last 100,000 miles, and the drop is quite obvious. Buyer beware, dude. This is very interesting. Mm -hmm. So the update, Tesla says, is to protect the battery and improve battery longevity, which is what? Those are like Mm $30,000, $40,000 a pop, right? But they didn't really tell people that that was going to result in a drop of mileage available. Tesla better watch out or he might get a Philadelphia Tesla ball. It's Philadelphia snowball. It's a, it's a battery. A battery inside yeah, it's a battery it, yeah. whipped at you. Yeah. Yeah. That, they don't even pack snow around. It's just a battery. Just, just yeah. a Tesla battery yeah. whipped at you. And actually you're lucky because the snow is probably yellow snow if it's coming your way. This is, this is hilarious in some way because it, it really makes you wonder you know, you know that the car companies and manufacturers have always had control over certain standards they can set up in your car, but this is an update. You're not even aware of it. The, the, there's one thing I think that is the weakness in Tesla mm-hmm. and in Elon Musk and Tesla. You ready for this? I'm ready. It's, it's something I don't think you've thought of. Okay, I just thought of something. And it's because of uh, Dogecoin. Is that the name of it? It is, although I still want to call it doggy corn. Okay. It's got a damn dog on it. People were debating, you know, Bitcoin tumbled last mm-hmm. few days. Yeah, down to 30,000 or so. Yeah, and then yeah. it's things at 36 or whatever. Yep. So the, the, the issue with Dogecoin or Dogcoin is that one person should not have that much influence over currency. Just call it Musk money. I mean, start his own cryptocurrency. If you believe in him, 
one invest. tweet should not no do that kind of you know what I mean off of one person yeah well so, and to me it makes cryptocurrencies look even less stable with that and then the amount of government money that's been forced mm-hmm. into his technology now I granted there might be some other companies out there that that do EV cars and etc but the, the technology just and, and the grants seem to be going his way. Well, remember we were talking to somebody a couple months ago now where they were saying that some of the banks, they were putting significant investment into digital cryptocurrency. And as a result of that, there wasn't as much what lending ability, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've got it there. So that legitimizes it, right? Once your banks start heavily investing your money in that, that pretty much legitimizes it. And then you got somebody like Elon Musk who can wake up one morning and just decide he likes Dogecoin better. Well, I'm just wondering that if they should be aware of that, he's starting to have that much of an impact on markets. Well, yeah. I mean, you, know? you might make the case, somebody might try to make the case that because he literally doesn't need money, I mean, the guy doesn't, I mean, he never would need money again, that he could be objective. But actually, I think he's just, what skin does he have in the game? I, I just don't understand why his comments can make a market drop or fluctuate the way it does, yeah. whereas Bill Gates doesn't. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. You like, usually expect that from like a president even of from a company Cuban. or the president of a country, right? That's can, what I'm saying. Can move the markets, right? But when you have somebody like Musk, that's and from I don't get into it really much, but it just seems like just sort of cavalier, just oh I like this or you know some I'm going to take Dogecoin to the moon, something like that, right? It's it's just him having fun, but you see what it does, right? That's what I don't get. Yeah, I don't understand that. Anyway, um, EV vehicles. So my buddy, whose name sounds like a motorcycle, mm. is that Mitsubishi? He's about lost it. He's going to go buy one of those uh, camping trailers that you put, you know, a, a little bit of luggage in. Mm-hmm. He, want, he wants to put a uh, diesel generator mm-hmm. on the back of his wife's Audi EV because <laughs> she had to get an Audi, right? Right. Better than any. And, oh, my. So now, you know, it's causing problems because she's forcing the kids to run into town to go charge it because and, and, it takes time. It's, it's a chore. You know, it's it's one, what's that little what's that little game where you had to feed the thing the Tokichimong? Oh, the Tamagotchi. Ta- Tamagotchi. It's almost yep. like that. Yep. Okay, it's, you, it's a lot not, of dead Tamagotchis out there in the world, man. What what does the hippie say? Sounds like you're working for the car, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, man. The car needs to be working. Well, okay. This bring this article makes me wonder about okay software update. That also implies that they'd be able to send a shutdown. They must be able to shut down the vehicle. Oh, I'm sure they can. Well, an update's got to shut it down while okay. it's doing its thing. So, okay, now we're in a, I don't remember which Fast and Furious. It was like five or six, right? But that was like one of the things they could control the cars, right? Oh, I didn't know that. I, I only saw it in the trailer, honestly. Well, I'm sure I never you watched can. the movie. Well, self driving cars, someone else will be able to hack it. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to add some more sauce to the conspiracy sandwich that we're building here with EV vehicles, this is a good legitimate one. What if you want to leave town and Tesla decides, because of whatever, that they want people to stay in place? Then they could. Right. But. Where I was going with mine was in the realm of reality right now. Oh, sorry. I've got my tinfoil hat on. Oh, no. we That's like two years away. Um, <laughs> and we'll get there next month. Yeah, right. But in the Scary. meantime, I laugh because 
when she drove away, it sounded like, do you remember that episode of The Simpsons when Homer joins a cult? And, yes. he, and, and he's a, like a lima bean farmer. Oh, and they make the spaceship sound? And they make the spaceship sound with like a comb and some wax paper yeah, some over paper. it. Yeah. That's what her car sounded like. And I couldn't stop laughing. And, and my buddy looks at me and he goes, are you laughing at the noise? I go, yeah, it's like spokes in your car, you know, like in your, when you're Back a kid. Back your kid. This, yep. And yep. he goes, oh, no, they manufacture that noise. They make it that they noise. They make really? that noise. So it sounds like the thing from The Simpsons. So it's, it's wow. Right. Just like how I rip on vegans yeah. that have to eat a salad shaped like a burger. Mm-hmm. They have to make a car that sounds like a diesel engine. <laughs> what in the heck is going on here? Well, I've always heard that the, the, the muscle car combustion engines that they could, you know, they would manufacture and tune them such a way to get such a sound. Right? Is that green? Is that greener to make it sound like? A, I mean, I don't get it. I, I've I've heard that they sound like like either hummingbirds drunkenly having sex or just crashing into things. Well, it's a golf cart. Yeah, an EV vehicle is just a golf cart. It would be, you know, be, be, be quiet. It'd be nice, right? Yeah. So they make them. They make them give them that noise. <laughs> It makes him sound like that, that what the leader had in The Simpsons yeah. when he tried to escape with the comb and the. I just, I find paper. it hard that you'll, uh, to believe that you'll ever be able to really sell people on total EV vehicles if they also are worried about privacy and surveillance. If that's a chief concern. I don't think that'll be a concern as long as we have cell phones. I well, mean, yeah, I mean, we've got a million yeah. different ways to be tracked, right? It's, I, I think but eventually... car equals freedom. Yeah, but I think eventually people get to, my life's not important enough. Yeah. And, um, you know, and if it happens, it happens. Right. You know, right now, because everybody yeah. is under surveillance yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, to, to where your toaster's listening to you, you know? So, well, it's, I mean, everything's got an Alexa built in in mm-hmm. some way, right? So, oh, yeah, she's listening. Let's get to the next news story here. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, you and I, of course, are big fans of Parks and Recreation. Love TV that show. show. We love it. Big fans of Andy Dwyer, the man, and his band Mouse Rat. Well, it turns out Mouse Rat. they're actually coming out with an album. Mouse Rat's gold-certified debut album in its entirety, the awesome album. I love how it's gold-certified prior to release. It's officially set to release on August 27th via Dual Tone. Don't know what that is. No, he and got a gold record in one of the episodes. That's right. They gave him a gold record. Yeah. It's being produced by Tom Haverford and John Raphael Saperstein from Entertainment 720. Raffy? Yeah. The awesome album will include a total of 13 tracks, including the classic 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Ran over by Alexis. <laughs> also... Other mouse rat hits like The Pit and Sex Hair. Oh, I love Sex Hair. Also, Leslie Nope's campaign song, Catch Your Dream, that features a sax solo from none other than Mr. Duke Silver Boy, slash Ron Swanson. They're bringing back all. That's right, baby. This all is the awesome. big guns, huh? We've also got, there's some songs from a fictional band called Land Ho, which is the fronted by Scott Tanner, who's the Wilco front man, I guess. Interesting. Oh, they were in an episode too, I think. Were they? Yeah. yeah. They played at the Pawnee Fest. Oh, man. This is awesome. This has got Peacock two-hour reunion. reunion. Well, they're doing that Friends reunion, right? right? So This has got that written all over it where yeah. the, the, you know, it's the build-up to this special because that actual episode 
where they did the t- 5,000 candles in the yeah, wind. That was awesome. That was an unbelievable episode when you go back and watch it because it's got Tom Haverford, right? What, what was the name of the horse? Uh, little Sebastian. Little Sebastian. Little Sebastian just took a crap on the stage. I repeat, Little Sebastian <laughs> yep. just took a crap on the stage. And then they go to the next, and the, it was just fantastic. Yeah, um, this whole production. Get and on it, your feet. I just right. It ends with uh, well, Ron Swanson getting his hair burnt off, basically, I think, lighting the torch. and Yeah, classic show, obviously. Ran for, what, like seven seasons. It's been off the air for almost six, seven years. Anything from Johnny Karate? Nothing about Johnny. Musical, <laughs> That's right, musical Johnny stick. Karate, his side project. Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently they did reunite in 2020 for a charity special that raised a whopping $2.8 million. Where did that air? I heard nothing about it. Okay. I'm guessing it was online. It must have been. Yeah. Well, my guess is, is this has got Peacock written all over it. I think it you're probably special, right, man. And I mean, you know, it's, it's Peacock Network. They are... Well, you, them and Paramount come out swinging, man. Oh, both come of out them swinging. came out of nowhere yeah. and said, "We're paid Netflix, buy." Yeah. Well, Paramount has just totally bought into their Star Trek franchise, and they're blowing that up. And then you've got Peacock, you got WWE roped in, you've got Hulu stuff coming in, you've got their original content. Well, and Hulu originally uh, was owned by NBC. I thought so. And but they, I think they must have been just a partner because Peacock's theirs. Yeah. And as Hulu runs out of the licensing agreements, then mm. they go to Peacock. And the way Vince and Rock, uh, Eberstein over at NBC are so tight, mm-hmm. oh, I bet I bet they just laid in the weeds for a couple of years and... Just waited. Well, oh, you know, yeah, it, it's probably smart. Be, probably like a five-year plan. Why you know? build all that infrastructure for something like Hulu if you're not sure yet, right? If it's really going to be the thing, and boom, obviously it is. Everybody's got their own stuff. But what's really coming down to is does something like Netflix stay relevant without all that content? They have to make their own, right? That's why they went into their own. Yeah. That's why they went into their own uh, game. Something like this, though, you know, getting and- a mouse. So you're, we're getting a, a real album from a fictional band mm-hmm. that was in a fictional TV show. I love it. I, I see it as a concert. I see it as a Mouse Rath concert, right. as a Peacock special that is also the show. Yeah. And that's, that's how they're going to do it. I'm hoping there's a hidden track with Rat Mouse, because that's Mouse Rap, but without Andy. I hear they sound terrible, but come on. <laughs> Makes but, nachos. Yeah, that's right. doesn't doesn't melt, melt the cheese. cheese, man. What's up with that? <laughs> this is good stuff. Oh boy, is it, what, anything else in no, that news story? Uh, no, that's pretty much it, man. That's just a little, just a little happy moment, you know. But yeah, well, that's about it for today, huh? I think so. I think we can go out and enjoy this beautiful rest of the day. I am just totally. You want to head to the lake? I am just out of it, man. I, it's been it's been like forty five straight days of work, yeah. And even even coming off of that, you know, Williston Basin thing, and just it's just been too I'm, much. Yeah, man. you're gonna burn out, man, by July. California girl, up in your world, the earthquakes wanna shatter your pearls. Simple breeze coming in my way, blowing down the sand and dreams. Between the ocean and the skin. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, 
is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The tide came in, honey, you went out. The tide went out, honey, you came in. The tide came in, honey, you went out. The California dreamer, she's lost in the wind. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, Check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to gam.ai. That's Great American Mining, gam.ai. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrialforest.com that's the industrialforest.com play hard work hard now let's work hard Sexy, sophisticated Sean Forbes, next to me, sophisticated <laughs> here this morning, coat still on. It's not after hours, which is 3 o'clock. It's before 3 o'clock, I was going to say. 3, three <laughs> o'clock is business after hours, when the wine starts getting served, and uh, I don't know if they legally serve it here, or if just booths start bringing out at that point. I don't know where you got that from yesterday. Oh, they have a couple of bar stations set up. Okay. Yeah. I never know if it starts at 5, or actually, I think we're going to out by 7 o'clock is when I got out of here last night. Oh, yeah, I think it's supposed to go till 6.30, but I feel like if you get into a conversation with someone, you hang out as long as you want. It's uh, non-stop exciting. We had a full day yesterday, and today we're going to join Casey Short with Eco. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Try that again. Go ahead. I'm doing well. How are you? A little more up to the mic. There we go. Perfect. How's that? We're getting there. Try it again. How about now? I'll edit. Maybe I do need to lean on it. 
try to do it. Or maybe. Never mind. You're on that mic. Sorry. I mixed up my mics. Hello. Hello. Test, test. So are you talking the whole time and nothing? Is mine on? All right, here we go. We are back on, folks. We had a little technical difficulty there, and so if there was a blip that you heard, that was me editing out us testing microphones. Should we leave that in, Sean Ford? No. No. <laughs> Eagle Vapor, let's talk about what you have going on first. Welcome to the conference. Are you exhibiting or are you walking around? Exhibiting. Okay, so you're doing both. Walking yes. And exhibiting. Yes, sir. First day impressions. Um, it's actually it's a it's a nice relief uh, to to come up here and see as many people as there are. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things coming out of COVID. You didn't really know if there was going to be a ghost town or a lot of people. So it's been good. Yeah, we set up on Monday, and not one person had a mask on. So I was pretty excited to yeah, see it's, that. It's a nice feeling to actually see smiling faces and not, you know, the, the surgical mask Yeah, I'm like, I put it. this lipstick on, and everyone can see it. And it's not just tainting my mask from the inside. So I have not even been walking the booths yet. I have not made it past our aisle. I've made it to our aisle, and whatever booths happen to be on the way to the coffee station. That's, that's all I've seen so far. I was expecting a lot of masks and those gators. You know, the, the fish. Oh, the little pull-up ones? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I've seen any yet. I've seen two people total. Two people total walking around with masks out of the thousands that are here. Okay. And I haven't seen anybody else. Sanford, our, our health network, I saw all three people at the booth wearing masks. I would imagine that's more of... Um, what do they call uh, it? Company uh, policy. Marketing? No. Man. Window dressing? Go. <laughs> I was going to say pro wrestling. It's some sort of flamboyant boa, right? <laughs> In Sanford, it's a mask. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's okay. It's Hubcaps on a car. Exactly. So, uh, I was surprised at that. Are there are there a lot of uh, masks people are giving away with their logos on or gators or anything like that? I honestly haven't seen any. I mean, I think one of the most popular things is 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 beer koozies. Beer koozies are stress balls. Yep. <laughs> it's stress balls. I get as many as I can because we have a trampoline, and that's so much now that my son's fifteen. But back, especially when he was like eight, nine, ten, eleven, all the neighborhood kids would come over and we'd throw those stress balls into the trampoline, hundreds of them, and they'd just play popcorn. That's awesome. Those things would bounce all over the place. And so, yeah, we collect a whole bunch of those things. Well, note to self, do not go with orange stress balls. Um, Why? Because everybody has orange? Well, no, because everybody comes by and they're like, hey, we were going to grab one of those, but we thought they were oranges. And I'm like... Oh, that's funny. These are for you to take. They are maybe different shape than circular. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Or maybe the basket. Yeah, you know, I saw a cute it's a, one. It's a metal basket. So right. I think they think we're handing out oranges to everybody. I have not grabbed one of those automated sensors, though, that I think they're giving away. You know, what? They're like this big. and uh, It's like some automated sensor you put on something, and, and they're just showing what the product looks like. Have you seen those? No. no. Okay, what they're is over, it? They're over there, and it, they're kind of laid out by the pens. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure it's like each one's like 100 grand probably, right? So they just tried to showcase their product. 
And I looked at him, I almost grabbed it and went, oh wait, no, those aren't given away. Never mind. That's probably going to get me arrested really quick. <laughs> I've done that before with uh, valves or drill bits. I'm like, oh, these little, tiny little ball valves you're giving away. And they're like, no, we're not. We're just... Please put that back. For man. show. Yeah. Darn it. I was about this to is, put it in my purse and skirt away. <laughs> so I'm curious that how many times that's happened where someone's grabbed like the product mm-hmm. thinking it's a, you know, a swag gift and it's like, okay. That's so good. But anyway, all right. So what does it you guys do, by the way? Let's talk about your company a little bit before we get into some more shenanigans. First of all, I love that they brought a show and tell. So they actually brought their equipment to their booth. Oh. And it's not even outside. So outside there's a big equipment display with cranes and trucks and things like that. But their big tower... Can we call it a tower? You can call it a tower. A vessel. Their big, yeah. their vessel is over there. At their booth. You have to go check it out. I haven't seen it. It's yet, pretty so cool. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's it, it, it's it's not huge, but you, you know. Tower. Um, footage. Sorry, footage. that's the wrong Square word. Footage. <laughs> it, <laughs> so it's height footage. Height footage. So it's about ten foot six inches tall. Right here, we got our <laughs> American directional driller. 40-foot tape measure, not that pansy 32-footer that you get at the store. This is a 40-footer. Exactly. <laughs> one of so our sponsors here, so we got to make sure we mention. I might go over there and measure. You can measure it. It will, be, it will be 10-foot, 6 inches tall. With the, including the skid? Including the skid. Okay. From the ground to the very top is 10-foot, 6. We like measuring things so much. We actually got two of these. We wanted to measure the tape measure to make sure it was 40 feet. Was it? Oh, okay. We were just, you know, being ridiculous one day. One That's day. hilarious. Between commercial breaks because we get bored. So. That's hilarious. So, what uh, describe what that device does? What this tower does and the whole eco vapor system and, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. In all seriousness, um, our equipment <laughs> is is pretty unique. Actually, it allows operators to to fully capture all the gas from from their locations. Um, a lot of people, you know, are used to recovering gas. Um, with our equipment, you can actually recover the entire gas stream from your location. So hmm. it's... So we talked about the difference between a vapor recovery tower and what do you call your piece of equipment? It's called a zero two is, is okay. what it's called. And so what our equipment actually does is allow you um, to send your entire you're producing into your oil tanks as as everybody does but um, a lot of people put vapor recovery towers in to recover some of the gas what our equipment does is allow you to actually monitor the actual tank pressure and recover the entire gas stream instead of letting that additional gas that is flashed off in your oil storage tanks go to flare you know you're burning money um, you install our equipment it allows you to recover that so instead of having a, a percentage of allowable vapor or flare, you guys recover all of it. Exactly. So it gives you the opportunity where you can get to a zero emissions well site from, from the vapor side of it because we can capture that entire vapor stream. Hmm. And it goes straight to the sales line. Correct. Yeah. Once uh, kind of... Uh, what our equipment does is it actually it removes any oxygen that may be entrained in that gas stream. We remove any of that oxygen through our process and deliver oxygen-free gas out the out the discharge of our unit, which does allow you go to go straight to sales. Yeah, that's awesome because it saves a few steps. It does. Right, so you're kind of creating a lean process. 
Yeah, I, I, that is a great way to say it, a lean process. Yeah, you're, sure. you're eliminating a piece of equipment and you're not flaring, so you're solving a problem, right, with reducing emissions or cutting them out completely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I think that's, that's the, you know, a lot of, a lot of corporate initiatives are, are focused on ESG, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we definitely handle the E side of it, you know, to help reduce those emissions, uh, eliminating emissions essentially from, from the vapor stream. Question? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> so I just had to take a phone call quick. I apologize. You guys might have already covered this, uh, but... When it comes to the ESG, when it comes to Colorado, automatically I think of government regulations, but I also think of what North Dakota is doing, and Colorado might too, I'm not sure, but they're incentivizing companies to do carbon capturing. Renewable energy. Basically, emission management at the end of the day. We want to reduce flaring, emission management. Um, Talk to me about, and I, I don't know how to phrase this because we're talking about government stimulus money. We're talking about regulations uh, encouraging or forcing in some cases companies to do certain things. How do you approach all that? Because there's so many different angles a company has to muddy the waters and there's so many different angles to follow to unmuddy those waters. I would imagine you've probably got to have a matrix spreadsheet just to keep up from state to state. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is... Are you following my question? Yes, I am. I barely did. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, we went around, but I think I got it. So <laughs> essentially, from our standpoint, um, we try to, you know, y- you're going to get resistance, you know. Okay, don't lose that thought because I unplugged the recording device with my foot underneath the table here because this is some top-notch professional shit we got going on here at the Wilson <laughs> Basin Petroleum Conference here. So continue your thought, please. Yeah, so trying to approach an operator to convince them to use our equipment based on just purely regulatory or governmental, you know, strong arm for for back, lack of better words, you know, is it, it never goes well. That conversation isn't good. No, it's you a know, difficult conversation. For sure. So, I mean, if we can provide them, you know, an, an economic, you know, when, when you talk money, Everybody kind of listens when, mm-hmm. when you talk money. And if you can allow them to make more money, you know, it, it's a lot easier conversation to start with by capturing that money that you're currently burning. May I interject? Yeah, because I'd like to talk money for a second. Let's talk money. Savings of money. Um, one of the issues that we're having with the industrial forest, for example, is trying to relay that message of saving money, okay, over the long term. Okay, so for example... The one thing that we're trying to explain with the industrial forest is, okay, first of all, grab a hold of the ESG narrative by doing something. Because if you don't do anything, the 16-year-old girl who's now 18 is going to continue running roughshod all over the industry's PR, okay, which is costing them a lot of money. That's the first part of costing money is the amount of money that lawyers have gotten over the last two years, five years, because of this whole ESG environmental movement, is probably bigger than the GDP of Iceland, okay? Seriously. (laughs) Meridian Energy Group has spent more money on attorneys. Three years, they had to rewrite their business plan because they had to keep going back to court to fight environmentalism. So that's one part. The second part is, for like us, we're talking about sustainable marketing. 
these stones that you see, these stone markers, we're talking about marketing here, so this is intangible. Already that's a difficult sell to an oil and gas company, but they spend money. I'm looking at four or five water bottles with people's logos on them, okay? That's spending money, stress right? Stress balls. So for <laughs> stress balls, exactly, stress balls. <laughs> for the same price, you could do a tree and get 30 years, okay, 30 years of marketing. That's called sustainable marketing. I look at what is happening with the emission management the same way. The same way, because if you can figure out a way to reduce in the upfront part, the whole compound savings is just going to be exponential and it's difficult to get that middle manager to understand that because the people above them are telling them to resist. That's part of their job is to resist and then bring the information back to them. Do you see what I mean? But to get that gatekeeper or whatever to buy into that, that's where I think there's a lot of issue with whether it's emission management or planting an ESG tree or a potato of inclusion or <laughs> seeds that have business or business cards that have seeds in them. Trying to get that new idea accepted, I think, is the biggest challenge right now. So we got to educate the industry. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. that was a really long explanation question talking. So, but it was a great explanation. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because that's the I think that's one of the biggest things is is the education side of it, the promotion of it. You know, as as EcoVapor, as our company, you know, it's getting the word out. You know, promoting it. Talking to, about solving a problem. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know. Um, I think I think that's why I'm excited to see all the faces that are here. It it opens, you know, a lot of doors that have been shut for the last year. You know, it was hard to have conversations, you know, and and it's hard to describe what we do when you're sitting in a basement staring at a computer screen. You know, people can come touch our unit, they can actually see it. Uh, you can explain how it works. They can actually... Yeah, we walked know. around it. And you were pointing at the, f- the inlet or the outlet flange where it goes to the gas line. So, yeah, it's yeah. a lot easier to do that in person, right? Absolutely. Than trying to explain that, you know... With a brochure or yeah. go to our website or... Exactly. You know, yeah, for more information, go to this website. Right. It's like, actually, just come down and you can see it. You can touch it. Yeah, what booth number are you guys? 120. 120. Yes, our, ma'am. Our 9 o'clock already came. I had to give them the 10-minute sign because I was late. <laughs> we almost got Harold Ham on. Almost. Almost. That would have been awesome. Chairman of Continental Resources, still a chance. Well, he's only doing three, maybe four interviews, all national. I was over talking to his handler this morning, but he was going to come by the booth. Did so you say his handler? His handler. He has a handler? Me- media. Media handler. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they all do. Ken Hall did, the guy who sat here yesterday with us. He was, he's got a media handler. I just went around him because I bumped into him and knew him. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I, that's, that's the way it goes. But otherwise, you try to go proper protocol. Anyway, so that's why we're running behind is because we keep trying to get the big names here, baby. We keep trying. But he's going to come by and check out the forest a little bit later. He's pumped that it might go come to Enid, Oklahoma is where we're going to try to build it in Oklahoma. So. Mm-hmm. Big news dropped right here on the Crude Life at the Williston Basin Conference. Right. So. Casey, where's your shop? So we have a couple of them. Our, we're based out of our corporate offices in Denver, Colorado. Um, we've got another uh, service facility in Midland, Texas, and another service facility in Greeley, Colorado. So Awesome. How's, so, how's Midland doing? 
Midland's doing good. Um, you know, there's definitely they got a lot of talk going at the mission management, like at the legislative level. That's why I was asking. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you know it's it's kind of what you were saying. The resistance side of it, it still exists. You know, if it's if it's any more known that people resist, uh, go to West Texas. You know, you will find a lot of resistance there. So, I mean, but we're growing for sure. So, do you field services as well? No, I don't. Or just the cert you service your equipment? Yeah. We, yep. Right. Your company, Eco Vapor. Oh, yeah, our company does. Yeah, we we do yeah. all of our you know all of the service. No, you, so. not you personally. You're yeah, no, you're, I the, don't. you're the technical engineer yeah. guy. You're not the field guy. But no, I'm not sure even an engineer guy. Oh wow, you're the well, Thank you're goodness. the yes. <laughs> we are lucky for that. Did I say that? Oops, <laughs> I've offended I, apo- I apologize. I don't. <laughs> so, um, what is your biggest uh, hurdle? What's What's the biggest uh, obstacle, objection, you know, when, you, when, when somebody does not do business with you, for example? Do they give you a reason why, or is it just that, no, we ain't doing anything new? Which is a very common answer, by the way, which is no. I, I, I think... <laughs> why, I think what are all the reasons you get rejected? Yeah. <laughs> Let's I talk can, about that. <laughs> I could give as many... I could, I could fill uh, in some time. There's a lot. There's in a business. Lot. In, in business. Oh, business. <laughs> oh. My bad. Uh, I, I would have to say, you know, it, it's always change. You know, it's the norm. We've always done it this way, you know, and it's worked. Why would we want to change? You know, it's it's getting them to to kind of be open to listening to understanding, you know, that there are benefits you know, to, to putting the equipment out there. When you look at a flare burning, just think of it as, as dollar bills going up in the air. You know, I mean, would you go outside and take $100 bills and just light them on fire? Only if I was really, really wealthy. But I mean, and I mean wealthy, not rich. Wealthy. Wouldn't yeah. it be nice to actually put that money back in your pocket? Oh, yeah. Always. That's... That's trying to get them to understand that that flare isn't just waste. It's actually money that they could be recovering. Why would you not want to do that? You want to you go into a tough question land? Let's go. Okay. One of the issues with flaring that never gets discussed, because oil companies don't like to discuss it, okay? And I get it. I wouldn't either. Is mineral owners... So if, if you're the mineral right owners, I don't think you get paid on the flaring, okay? S- some places tried it or have. Most do not, okay? So if there are places that do, I do apologize. But from my understanding, no. And if I'm a mineral owner, I don't care how they use it. I want to get paid. You see what I mean? Absolutely. Like, meter that, meter that, baby. I, I want that money. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. totally. So do, does that ever come up in either conversations with companies or, you know, after hours with Sean Forbes when she's in sexy mode with no <laughs> <laughs> showing her shoulders? I mean, is that an excuse you get from an operator saying? I've never, I, I've never got that excuse, honestly. I, I, I would be very surprised if you did because it's not their place to say anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would assume that, you know, if even if that is something that they're thinking about, it's not information mm-hmm. that they are that they are giving me. We and, they, and they may not even be privy to it because they don't know what the no. land agreement looks like with the property owner to say whether or not that would be no. something they would have to track. Well, in North Dakota, know. it's an issue to where they actually have several uh, organization and councils to track this stuff because there's people that want to get paid. 
and and I don't think they do in North Dakota. Um, and that's what kind of alerted me to that issue. And then I went down to Texas, same thing down in Texas. And then Colorado, I, I guess a lot of uh, landowners don't even own the mineral rights. Yeah, in and Colorado. so that's why there's a big pushback there because all of a sudden big old companies showing up and they don't even get a dime. You know, yeah. the, the people who live there now. So um, I get that. I do get that a little bit. But uh, anyway, so I just thought I'd check on the mineral owner's side because uh, that that seems to percolate every now and then with flaring, but I never hear about it. So. Um, We'll move on. I was going to say, that's a really good angle if you want to, you know, corner some landowners in the Walmart parking lot and say, oh, hey, by the way, if you could get your operator to capture that gas and meter it, you could make a few dollars, maybe. I could definitely. (laughs) And use our equipment to do it. The thing is, is I would probably make really good friends with the people in the Walmart parking lot. But the next time that I went into that <laughs> operator's office... You'd be escorted I, I, right out. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't think they would be as willing to let me into their office. Oh, look, a couple 6'5 guys are here. Oh, now they're showing me to my car. Perfect. Okay. Thank I you. guess it's time for me to go. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. Good angle. Good angle. <laughs> so, okay, what is it you guys are planning? And, uh, by the way, um, COVID, anything with COVID? Did you guys get impacted, uh, reduce staff, hire some new, you know, anything along those lines? And you know, um, yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, as far as our office, you know, obviously being down in, in Denver, we were affected, you know, just from the standpoint of we had to work from home. Yeah. Um, but you know, as far as the business, we, we were able to maintain, you know, um, all How about of our in sales. How about, uh, sorry to interrupt, but in no, sales, like, um, I'm thinking about some of the traveling salesmen, the road warriors we've had on the past. And some of the stories, like they'd show up to a meeting and all of a sudden when they left in the morning to when they showed up to the meeting, six hour drive, new policy, no longer office meetings. So they're like writing notes between windows on each other. And that's extreme example. But did you run anything like that with sales in terms of how to re, repercolate, re-strategize your, your, your approach to try to get a meeting? Because if people aren't meeting with you, you still got to talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, just being in in kind of the area where I'm used to, which is in the DJ Basin, you know, there's a lot of face-to-face meetings. Yeah. And so I got to learn more than I ever wanted to of how to do Teams meetings, Zoom uh, meetings, uh, what else is out there? That's uh, enough. Google, Google Hangouts. Google Meet, Google yeah. Hangout. Oh, yeah. Ha- Clubhouse, yeah. another one I get invited. Anyways, go on. <laughs> yeah. So it... it from from that standpoint, it, it became super super hard, you know. When you're you're used to being, I'm I'm totally a hands on type of person, you know. I want to meet somebody face to face, be able to actually physically show them, you know, how the process works, and trying to do that over a Zoom call, you know, was difficult. But I mean, we survived, and you know, we're still here, and you know, we we're adding additional people, so. We're, we're starting to grow, which is a good sign. And it's so hard to convey that natural energy through a Zoom call. Like, you've got great positive energy about you, like, like just in person, okay? That is a strength that is very difficult to translate through Zoom. And I feel really bad for those salespeople that that is their God-given strength, is just having very good positive energy out there because those are the people you want in sales. There, you know, there's like, I love Toby from The Office. 
You know what I'm talking about? HR Toby? Yes. He just looks like a Debbie Downer. And that's what I mean. There's certain people that just kind of bring you down. You've got a very uplifting energy, and that's... that's Anyway, I, I'm just... I don't, Sean, bail me out because you're nodding your head. No, I, I totally agree. There's nothing better than an in-person meeting to get to know someone, really. Like, just body movement and facial expressions and you can see that on a zoom but you know they're probably wearing shorts and you know <laughs> checking their email you know honestly doing yeah, three really. things at once got a netflix video on in the background they're watching or whatever yeah yeah and i mean you can just tell like when you're on those calls that uh that, that you don't have their full attention you know yeah. most people have two or three monitors going and they're all, they're looking the to the right but their cameras to the left and you're seeing the side yeah you don't have their full attention yeah and then they'll come back in for a couple of seconds it's so I, i'm hoping it's behind us and we're we're back to meeting in person yeah i'll, I'll never forget uh ed schultz the late ed schultz he was a probably the midwestern biggest radio talk show he went on to do msnbc and he was actually the left's Rush Limbaugh for a number of years. Like, he was the number one guy over Al Franken and all these other guys he tried to throw in. Anyway, I'll never forget an interview he did with some politician. And you could tell the guy was just phoning it in. Like, you could hear the clacking of the keys. He was sending out an email. Well, he was on a, on a number one rated interview over five states, right? Ed goes, you done writing that email there, sir? <laughs> he just <laughs> called him right out on the air. Just, sorry if I'm boring you. Just so funny. <laughs> Guy's a U.S. senator just calling him out of the carpet for multitasking. I love it. So, But that reminds me of what's going on today is 90% of sales calls now, you're competing with whatever is in that person's room. You know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it could be a kid or a dog or the UPS guy coming by or the Amazon, the Amazon delivery guy. That's replaced the UPS guy, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Trying to get up... <laughs> To speed with my vernaculars. <laughs> but I do think that it forced salespeople to be a little bit more, more creative in their approach with customers. I agree. And I think, which I don't think is a bad thing. No, because now you have more tools in your arsenal, right? Because if, and it's always important to know what your customer likes or how to get them to engage with you, whether it's coffee, happy hour, lunch, dinner, or maybe they don't want to leave the house and they prefer a Zoom, a Zoom call. So you offer maybe a 10-minute coffee Zoom call or something. But now I think you have a little bit more tools I to agree. cater to their preference. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you always got to, I, I think you got to look at it, you know, you, there's, there's a positive in everything. So, you know, from the sell side, I agree 100%. I think it's made, you know, people on in the sales world stronger at you know at their craft yes if you want to call it a craft i think so okay i mean it's was really depressing (laughs) (laughs) because you're you had to shift you know everything that you know and as a salesperson you develop like you said you develop your craft and you know what works for you and then all of a sudden it's like "Er," (laughs) you know like rethink that. Yeah, no, we whole gotta thing. start over. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's more, you know, emails and phone calls and stuff like that, and you know, you're not sp- spending an hour in the car driving one way. So now your boss is kind of like, oh, now you have time to make ten phone calls. You know, exactly. 
And the good thing is, is for me personally, is I'm just happy that we have spell checks. So, yes, because I, you know, I never thought I'd write that many emails, but here we are. Here we are, learning every day. Time emails take time to write, by the way, and And it's hard. And then they take time to go back and read. Yeah, because it's scary, (laughs) right? Like sending an email is scary because you you could offend somebody so easily yeah. in an email with the wrong tone it, yeah and you didn't even mean to you didn't mean to yeah. an email is interpreted whatever mood that person is in when they read it absolutely and, and less is more in emails less is more yes bullet um, points I say bullet points yes. are your friends yes. yes yes I can't tell you by the way my number one misspelled gets through the cracks every time when I do the quick skim you instead of your one of my biggest pet peeves is the you, your, your, and your. Yeah. The Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, when someone spells that Y-O-U-R, like you're welcome, Y-O-U-R, I, I, I just want to punch them in the face. And, and what we're talking about here <laughs> is honestly triggers that can cost you business. Yeah. Very easy triggers by not going back and, like I said, reading the email. Because sometimes when I type, by the way, I've, I've got a finger where I lost half of it to a, a saw. So it grew back, so it, it's hard sometimes for me to type with this finger. It either hurts or I, I, I'm not used to typing with it. So I do miss keys sometimes because I don't tap it fully and things like that. So Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and from the cell side. Does that sound that, believable? No. And from the cell side, that's what's hard is when that was your only way to communicate, you know, for the past year was an email. So your first, your first attempt to, to talk to you, Sean, was yes. uh, me sending you an email. Well, right. if I if, if I you said you're welcome, I would judge you so hard. I would probably because would never then get I would your think, business, right? yeah, I would think, well, he can't even spell. How is he going to service my equipment? Exactly. <laughs> so, so you were. I was definitely crippled. Or you yeah. could be spam. So now you're going to yeah. be scarred for yeah. life. Now, now you're going to yes. reread or have someone have someone you know read your draft emails all the time now. <laughs> Well, I, we got to come to the conclusion of this reindeer game interview here. We got our next interview lined up. So let's uh, give yourself a plug. How can people contact you to get some business with you? And what is your business? Yeah, so you can contact me uh, at. Let's see. EcoVapor is the name of your company. What is your website address? So do, do name a company about us and then how people can contact you. And then just. If you want, or some Joe. people throw out their cell phone numbers on the air, man. Yeah. Whatever you want. It's up to you. Okay. Yeah, whatever you okay. want. Ready? All right. So how can people contact you? So you can contact us. Uh, you can visit our website, uh, which is ecovaporrs, that's two R's and an S dot com. Um, it's got plenty of information uh, about our website and our products, so come check us out. Or you can always get in contact with me, Casey Short, directly at 303-915-6848. And people can find you on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. So Casey Short with EcoVapor. Yeah, on LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. It was great to meet you and see your equipment out here. Thank you.
Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state and safety is, is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely. You know, the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, of President Biden's administration that this is Obama-Biden 2.0 plus. And the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move. And I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of America. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing, what I think sometimes is just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company and <laughs> pull in an electric car? So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at Whiting, our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> Time now to work hard. Welcome back to The Crude Life. My name is Sean Forbes. I'm with OG Directory, standing in for Jason Spies today at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference in Bismarck, North Dakota. Today we have uh, Karthik, yep. um, Balaji, <laughs> and Mason Brisbane from the University of North Dakota, Fighting Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> and um, you guys are with the Petroleum Engineering Department? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Tell us a little bit about the school and your program and student culture. 
All right, well, uh, the UND Petroleum Engineering Program is a fairly new program. The last 10 years, it's really taken off um, under the direction of Vame Rizuli. Um, Tongue twister. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's done a great job to uh, accommodate students both in person, on campus, and online. We have a big online contingency as well. Um, but there's tons of opportunities for students, lots of labs. Um, we have the world's only full-scale drilling and completions lab. Really? Which was donated to us by uh, TerraTech. It's former TerraTech equipment and Slumberjay equipment. Um, how does that work? Is it kind of like simulating things, it's or real what does it look drilling. like? It's a full Rig. top drive uh, going into a big old uh, what a, a warship cannon bored out to uh, take the uh, the core samples. Big, I think five foot by eighteen inch uh, diameter core samples. Real drills, real mud, real motors, real everything. I haven't All heard of about that at any other school. Kind of like real life. There's no other. Not, not necessarily on the job training, but it's pretty close, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, companies can come in and students can run experiments to, uh, I mean, real reservoir conditions, pressures, temperatures. It's. That's so much more valuable than just looking at diagrams in a book. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the program has really grown. Like we, we, we got we started in 2013, 14 with like four undergraduate students, and here, turn around 2021, we have 80, 90 undergraduate students. We have about 30 master students. We have 70 to 80 PhD students, and it is right now. The uh, country's largest PhD program for petroleum engineers. Really, uh, it, it's it's like a research hub right now uh, over at UND, and it's like we are churning out uh, research material about the Bakken, about this, about the state, about the country. It at a rapid rate. We are growing exponentially. Of course, it's all thanks to uh, Dr. Razuli, him coordinating everything. But we also have to uh, thank the industry and the state. I mean, it couldn't be possible without all the immense industry support we have. All the courses, all the research directions are provided uh, are, 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 and, and advised by the industry. We have an industrial advisory committee which like pinpoints that this is the need, this is what we need the undergrads or, or you know the students to know. Uh, this is how we have to direction their studies so they are ready for the uh, industry and once they graduate you know most of them are just lined up with some job offers like I know Mason is up there to be picked yep. up real quick he's I'm going ready. places in the next couple of years I mean I'm pretty sure and uh, it's, it's the same way even for graduates like uh, the research topics everything like what the industry needs is what we are researching the North Dakota Industrial Commission has been fantastic. I have been a graduate student, a PhD student with the department and uh, I graduated recently in December and my my education and my, my research was funded by the North Dakota Industrial Commission and we, I was working on some of the topics 
re relevant to the state and it was fantastic the opportunity there we have facilities like the energy and environmental research center the institute of energy studies and a whole bunch of uh, additional support for uh, the students to even intern and work on real life problems right there in the university these are opportunities which I can say because I've been in uh, some other universities and I've done some work and this is some things which just aren't there. It's it's like, it's a lot. The opportunity is opportunity. so valuable, yeah. like you said, yeah. for the hands-on. And I love that you guys are promoting petroleum engineering services, not just learning about petroleum engineering because I have so many friends who work in the industry and they've, received you know mechanical engineering degrees or chemical engineering right. degrees yep. and they start a job in the industry and they u really don't use anything <laughs> that they learned in school other than the ability to be analytical and solve problems and maybe some of the formulas but for the most part yeah. I think you guys are providing a, a bridge for people to get the education and actually hit the ground running you Abs know like yeah. is there an internship program do you like foster interns at other oil and gas companies and within Ab North Dakota or absolutely like uh, I know for a fact that Hess and uh, Hess and Marathon and a different different companies are offer continental, as continental well. resources all of them offer a lot of uh, support to interns to get in uh, even the energy and environmental research center actively hires a lot of uh, interns and tests them out uh, oh, yeah. Uh, there's an active program. Uh, we always foster more and more people to try and uh, intern out there, get get your hands dirty. Is it a degree interested. requirement to intern? Not really, but we we highly encourage everyone. Like the uh, the faculty always tell, like, hey, this is summer. You really need to, you know, go out there. This is how you land up with a job eventually. Like you intern with them, you get your experience, you network, and that's. And oftentimes, yeah. a company will hire an intern. Absolutely. Yeah. And directly the after the program. And the does a really good job of uh, helping you find these internships. Like, there's many, many contacts that we've made as students with the industry just from being at UND Petroleum through student chapters, through speakers coming to the university to speak to us. and getting opportunities to, to attend uh, events like this are huge for students to uh, network, find opportunities that you can't find in a classroom, so. Yeah, what, what is your area of interest? Do you have a do my drilling, completions, production? Do you have drilling a- Drilling is kind of my area right now. Um, part of uh, the IADC student chapter at UND. Um, so I do a lot of that stuff and then um, also work at the Energy and Environmental Research Center, which is associated with UND. Um, so yeah, it's mostly drilling for me at the moment. What do you think? You'd rather work for an operator or a service provider? <laughs> Either or. <laughs> <laughs> Either or. Yeah. Um, I think so any experience open. is good experience. And That's right, yeah. yeah. See, uh, get into the industry, work for a bit, see how things go, and then uh, figure out which pathway I'd like to go down. Yeah. Because 
You have a lot of time to figure it out. There's so many, I think the oil and gas industry is so diverse where there's hundreds of different types of services that mm. companies provide and there's so much innovation and technology being developed as we speak. And so the possibilities are endless, really. Um, you mentioned Continental Resources is a company that provides you know, intern um, programs for you all. Speaking of Continental, Harold Hamm, the president, is a pretty hands-on guy in terms of uh, community development and making sure that folks are enriched and fostered. Do you all have any experience with him? Um, yeah, I've met Harold, uh, Mr. Ham, a couple of times. He's uh, our geology department is named after Mr. Ham, and, um, and so you can't escape him. <laughs> he's want such to. a he's such yeah, a he's a great guy. Uh, definitely um, an icon in this definitely. area. Yeah, yeah for the oil and gas yes. community. Yeah, definitely. And even our cur- the the place where we currently are situated in the new collaborative energy complex on campus was partially donated. I mean, partially funded by Continental Resources. Even some of our professors have distinguished uh, uh, positions because of uh, Mr. Ha- uh, Mr. Ham. Uh, we highly respect him and uh, I think he did he get a honorary degree last year or something? He did, yep. yeah. What yeah, was it he called? He he got an honorary PhD from the uh, University of North Dakota like uh, I think so in 2019. I believe yeah. so or yeah. early 2020 maybe. Or 2020, yeah. Definitely deserves it. Yeah, yeah. I would say <laughs> he's put in the work. <laughs> Yeah, then we had like a, I I remember sitting in for the Q&A session with him, you know, after he got his uh, honorary degree and we were just chatting and he was an awesome guy to just, you know, uh, talk to and just ask questions. He he was an amazing guy. Yeah. 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 Very approachable. He is an amazing guy. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if, if people are interested in the program, how can they find more information about it? Yeah. Um. Most of our information is all available online uh, on the UND Petroleum Engineering website. If you just, you know, uh, put it through any generic uh, search engine, first web uh, page which would pop up is us, and uh, you find all the information there about the staff, about the research work, about our labs. I mean, I have to underline the labs because we have some phenomenal labs, like we have VR equipment and everything. Uh, it's crazy more you think about it but um, everything is online in our website on UND Petroleum Engineering so you can always contact us uh, and uh, we mentioned Dr. Varam Vamek Razuli a couple of times but he is a fantastic person if you do find his information on the website you could always email him and he always responds to emails real quick and uh, he'll get back to each and every one of them who that's fantastic to have that resource available yeah so awesome guys well it was really nice to meet you at the show today and i hope you all the success in your petroleum careers thank you very much yeah we enjoyed talking with you all right take care thank you exclusive interview industry news environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com
Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to gam.ai. That's Great American Mining, GAM. AI. The Crude Life with host Jason Speece. My name is Jason Speece and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Patrick Bertinoli of the Rough Rider Center and Community Enhancement Director at the City of Watford City. The Rough Rider Center is a big event facility. We have two hockey arenas, a big arena and field house and convention space, uh, aquatics. Uh, we just have uh, tremendous assets there that uh, we just have a lot of fun with. So. Uh, I actually have a gymnastics facility in the basement there, too. Those folks have done a fantastic job. They just brought 650 athletes into our community here about a month ago, I believe it was. And uh, so we're bringing people in from around the state and other states as well to uh, host events to keep our kids busy. The school is our number one user. Yeah. And uh, so it's just a fantastic relationship. We've got a coffee shop. The kids come in before school, go to school, come in after school. Um, they may have their basketball practices, their, all their games, all that stuff. So it's just a fantastic relationship that uh, we're most certainly grateful for. So uh, just great working uh, relationships between us and the school. So well, I came out here in 2011. I spent 22 years with UPS, and uh, I was not planning to come over here. I came over here with Power Fuels and Nuvera. The community got me because they made me feel welcome, special, and important, and sold me, and so I moved my family out there. But spent nine years in oil and gas, and you know, the city approached me and said, uh, we, we got an opportunity we want you to take a look at, and this is going to sound almost too good to be true. So even when I was with oil and gas, I've always been about uh, making sure that people um, want to live there, uh, they feel welcome, and they're integrated in the community. So I've done that from day one, even in oil and gas. And that was Patrick Bertinoli with the Rough Riders Center and the Community Enhancement Director in the city of Watford City. To listen to the full-length interview or check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life is a media organization that promotes a culture of inclusion and respect through interviews, content creation, live events, and partnerships that educate, enrich, and empower people to create a positive social environment for all, regardless of age, race, religion, sexual orientation, physical or intellectual ability. Everyday energy for everyday people. From the staff here at the Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. 
It takes an industry to build a forest. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. We're going to do a good old-fashioned Bakken barbecue. Halliburton has been cooking for two days. Uh, they've cooked 2,500 pounds of pork, 800 pounds of sausage, uh, 500 pounds of chicken. So they uh, banging and the vocals are Brother, it ain't country, no. Everyone's favorite are the fish tacos, but they've got burgers, steaks, salads, I mean, pretty much everything. Hear it on the radio and don't turn it up. I come here and the first experience was, oh, where are all the rigs? Because you have so much country here. If it ain't about whiskey, sipping, guitar picking, tractors, trailers, trucks, or prison, man, it ain't a country song. In a car, they're in a tent, they're in some other building that's not meant for human habitation. We've actually found people living in haystacks, in uh, grain bins. We found one guy that uh, basically gets shelter in a culvert each night. This was one of those stories where one reporter can't cover. There's too much happening at one time in too many places. If you hear it and it ain't stuck in your head all day. It's got a pop back beat and it's sung the wrong way. If you're not making money in the Bakken, you just truly are not thinking hard enough. Brother, it ain't country, no. Looking for a helping hand? Look at the end of your doggone arm. North Dakotans aren't looking over their shoulder for the government to help them. Some fur coat wearing wannabes producing your stuff. And brother, you ain't country, no. If you can't move to it, groove to it, up and slam some boots to it, party to it all night long. If it ain't about whiskey sipping, guitar picking, tractors, trailers, trucks, or prison, man, it ain't a country song. As long as I'm working, my mom and dad are happy. Okay. And a shower. Well, that was always the key, especially going to Thunder Bay. Brother, it ain't country, no. And he doesn't like life, I guess. (laughs) Insanity, right? North Dakota, the Bakken Plague. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an 
industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band.